All right, Rabosai, good morning, good morning. Let us begin. Begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Share to thank our Talmud Torah sponsors, Shmuli Ali Dinovitz, for dedicating all the Shum and Joshos this month in memory of Shmuli's father, Harav Peres Avram, Barab Binyamin Moshe Zichon Livracha. Our week of learning sponsors, Ira and Miriam Grossman, in loving memory of Miriam's father, Aryeh Ben Moshe. Our Dafyomi sponsors, Alan Wiseman, in memory of his mother-in-law, Mildred Newman, Malka Bas Usher, Zichron Levracha, and a beautiful anonymous sponsorship today. Anonymous in honor of my father, who spends the majority of his day learning Torah and learning the daf. I feel like a, a sponsorship like that shouldn't be anonymous. I, I, I would urge whoever, whoever, this, uh, whoever this doting child is to uh, identify yourself and to make sure your father knows that you're dedicating the... Torah, the dead in the shir, in honor of his hasmada. Truly, truly beautiful. And we'll see with that, let us begin. So, Shechionu v'kimonu v'giyonu l'azmanazel, we are Zochem Yer Sashem, to be beginning, to begin, the last half of Meseches Yevamas. What, we'll talk more about the accomplishment later, but right now let's learn a little bit. So, we'll say today's half is Kuf Chav Beis, 122. We are picking up Emir Sashem at the Mishnah, on Kuf Chaf Aleph Amadez 121b, Sabar Hashem, a lot to do today. Says the Mishnah, Afilu Shama Min Hanashim Omros Meis Ishploni Dayo. So remember again, we've obviously been steeped in the sugya of what constitutes proper testimony in order to go ahead and ascertain that a man is dead. So now the Mishnah says as follows, even if you just hear women talking, in other words, the example of women talking is you just hear people conversing plainly, not discussing anything per se of halachic importance, just talking. Sorry, even if you just hear women talking and you hear them say, oh, Ruvain's dead, just in way of conversation, that's enough to accept as testimony and to allow for Rachel, Ruvain's wife, to remarry. Rabbi Huda says, even if you hear children say the following, Omrim hare anu holchin lispod bar es ishploni. So ultimately, Rehuda says, even if you hear children talking and you hear children saying, ah, we're going to a Levaya, right? We're heading to a Levaya, we're going to a, we're going to a funeral, the funeral of so-and-so. Even if that happens, again, that's enough to, that's enough edus that Ruven is dead. So then the Gemara Mishnah adds in another caveat. So we'll say this is very interesting. In general, when someone gives edus that Ruven is dead, the edus is accepted whether he has kavana to give edus or doesn't have kavana to give edus. Now we'll see exactly what those terms mean in the Gemara. says it depends. With a Jew, if a Jew is giving the Eidos, so whether he has intention to give testimony or doesn't have intention to give testimony, he's believed. When it comes to a non-Jew, When it comes to a non-Jew, If his Kavana was to give Eidos, then he is not believed. Okay, we'll define those terms in the Gemara. Says the Gemara, the Domolo Asli. So we'll say, now listen to this. One of the things that the Mishnah said that you could, you could believe is like this. If you hear children talking, right? And the children are saying, ah, let's go to the Levaya of, so we're going to the Levaya of so-and-so. So the Gemara says, how can, the Gemara says, how can you believe that as testimony? They're kids. Maybe they didn't end up going. They told me what they're going to do. 
I have to say, by the way, what a, what a profound Gemara. Because what makes children children? Children talk about what they're going to do and don't do it. The problem is that sometimes we become adults who talk about what we're going to do and we don't do it. The goal, the goal in life is to grow up. And if you're going to talk about doing something, have a plan, have a goal, have an aspiration, make sure to execute. So the Gemara says, I, maybe the kids are talking about going to the Levaya, but they didn't really go. To which the Gemara says, No, no, you hear them say, we're coming back from the Levaya. We're coming back from the Levaya of going out and eulogizing and burying so-and-so. The Dilma comes to Al-Mashachiv, Maybe they went to the levaya of a grasshopper. In other words, sometimes kids stage these uh, these levayas for their pets or for these or for these animals, right? For something. So maybe they're coming back from a, from a pet levaya, and they called the pet Ruvain, right? But Lamaisa, so they're saying they're coming back from Ruvain's levaya, but they really mean the levaya of their grasshopper. To which the Gemara says, "The Ka'amri Kain Lechin Rabbanon Havu Hasam, the Chin Lechin Sabdani Havu Hasam." Where they give details about the Levaya. These Rabbanim were at the Levaya. These were the people who eulogized that Levaya. So, with that level of detail, that level of specificity, ultimately, again, we accept their statement, the statement of the children, as Eidos, or I should say, as called as Eidos. That Reuven has in fact died. Pretty incredible. So we'll say, so remember again, Rabbi, the, in the Mishnah, in the Mishnah, Rabbi Huda went ahead and made an interesting distinction. A distinction between a Yisrael and a non-Jew. If a Jew, if a Jew gives Eidos, that Reuven is dead. Whether he had in mind to give Eidos or didn't have in mind to give Eidos, he's believed. A non-Jew, if he had in mind to give Eidos, he's not believed. If he didn't have in mind to give Eidos, he is believed. Now, I will say, we still don't know what those terms mean. Having in mind to give Eidos, not having in mind to give Eidos, what's going on over here? So it says, my will says, analyze. says the Gemara, Amr Yehuda, Amr Shmuel, Lo shanu alashin iskavin lahatir, aval niskavin lahaid, eduso Eidos. So says Shmuel, when do we, when, when do we say that an Oved Kochavim is not believed? When he had kavana to permit Rachel, the wife of Ruvain. So if the intention of his edos is to permit Rachel to remarry, that's when the Ovid Kochavim is not believed. But if the Ovid Kochavim is just giving edos, he is believed. Says how do you know? How do you know when it's, because it sounds like there's such, will be such overlap. Edos to permit a woman to remarry, edos that a guy is dead. Isn't that really one and the same? Um, Rabbi Yosef, listen to this. If a man shows up in Beisden and he says, Ish ploni meis, his siyos ishto. So we'll say, if the Akum shows up in Beisden and he says, listen, Ruvain died, Ruvain died, his wife Rachel is permitted to remarry. Zehu niskavin lahatir. So we'll say, that is an edus that is designed to allow Rachel to remarry. So we'll say, that's a case where if an Ovid Kochavim gives that type of testimony, we're not going to believe him. Others will say, if the Akum is showing up and it feels like the express purpose of his Eidos is to permit Rachel to remarry, we're not going to believe the Akum in that circumstance. However, however, the Gemara says, Stam, Zaun is Kamalaitis. But if he just shows up in Bezin and he doesn't make any mention of Rachel and he just says, Ruvain's dead, Ruvain's dead, that's ultimately again a situation where you can believe the Akum. Now I will say, I'll point out, 
Rabbi Huda in the Mishnah also says that when it comes to the Eidos of the Yisrael, whether the Yisrael had in mind to give Eidos or to be Matir Rachel, we believe him in both situations. It's only by an Akum, only by an Anju. If he shows up just to give Eidos, he's just stating the fact that, Ra- that Ruvain died, we're going to believe him. Ruvain died and Rachel should be able to get remarried. If he's, if he's keep coming in and giving that type of testimony, we are not going to believe him. Itmar Nami, Amrish Lakish, we believe in Akum, well, I'm sorry, we don't believe in Akum when he's coming to permit the wife to remarry. Avan is kaven l'ha'id, but ultimately, again, if he's just showing up with the kavanah to give edus, eduso edus, ultimately, again, we believe him. Amir Rabbi Yochanan, lokach haya maisa, ba'oshia berebi, shehistris im shmoni mechamisha zekenim. I will say that there was a story of Oshia, the son of Rebbe, who went ahead and fought with 85 other Tamidi Chachamim. Amr lahem, lo shanu ala shenes kavin lahatir, avan is kavin lahaid, edusa edus. And Oshia Barabi said, he wanted to make this distinction, that Allah chalamaisa, when the Akum is just coming to give regular edus, just coming to say, Ruvain's dead, we could believe him. But when he's coming to go ahead and say, Ruvain's dead, and, and you should allow Rachel to get remarried, that's when we won't believe him. So Oshia was trying to make this point, and what happened? V'lahodu luchachamim. The Chum did not agree to this distinction. So we'll say, so if that's the case, if that's the case, so it appears that the majority of the rabbinic scholars rejected this distinction. If so, what is the distinction in the Mishnah? The Mishnah is making a distinction between two different types of edus, of testimony, given over by the Akum. One case he's believed, one case he's not believed. So the truth is, I understand the case of not believed, right? What's the case of not believed? When Akum shows up and clearly is giving Eidos to be Matir Rachel to remarry, in that case, we're not going to believe him, right? We're not going to believe him. So what's the case where he is believed? To which the Gemara says, Wow. Wow. So I will say, ultimately, when is he going to be believed? In this case of Masiach Lefitum, I will say, Masiach Lefitum means when a person freely offers information of his own volition. Right? I will say, this, this is the case where Halach Halamaisa again, so Akum walks into Beisdin without being prompted, without being asked, and just shares information. That's the case where the Akum is going to be believed. The Gemara tells a couple of stories. Like one time there was an Akum who came forward and he said, Is there anyone here from the family of Chivoy? Anyone here from the family of Chivoy? For Chivoy has died. So I will say that's a case of Masiach Lefitumo. He's just sharing information. And based on this, Rabbi Yosef allowed Chivoy's wife to go ahead and remarry. Gemara tells another story. So we'll say, this seems to be the halachic distinction that the Gemara goes ahead and accepts. A Jew, when he shows up in Beisdin, whether he shows up and says, Rachel is dead, I'm sorry, Reuven is dead, or, or he shows up and he says, Reuven is dead, and what? Reuven is dead, and Rachel should be able to get remarried. Ultimately, Akum is going to be, be- sorry, Jew is going to be believed. Akum, Akum, if he shows up and he says, Reuven is dead, Rachel should get remarried, we don't believe him. If he's what's called Masiach Lefitumo, he just freely offers information in that circumstance, we absolutely can believe him. To which the Gemara says, "Hahuda hava ka'amar va'akahud kama." Sorry, "Hahuda hava ka'amar va'azil vaylele parsha zriza dahava b'pumpadisa 
the shachiv. So I'll say there was a guy. There was a guy who came along and he said, right, he was giving information. Look at Rashi, Parsha Zriza, Kibor Chayel V'Yisrael Haya. So I'll say ultimately, again, there was a non-Jew who showed up and started lamenting the death of this guy, Parsha Zriza. Rashi says over here, he was a, he was a valiant warrior. Jewish guy. So again, guy shows up, guy shows up, says that this Jew died. Again, Masiach Lefitumo, giving information of his own volition as a result. And some say it was Rav Yosef, or Rav allowed, allowed Parsha Zariza's wife to remarry based on this testimony. There was a guy who showed up and said, is there anyone here from the house, from the family of Chasa? Because what happened? Tava Chasa. Chasa drowned. Akum shows up, Chasa drowned. Am Rav Nachman Elokim, achlu kavri lechasa. So Rav Nachman cried out and he says, by God, the fish have eaten chasa. And based on the words of Rav Nachman, so Chasa's wife went and remarried and no one said anything to her. In other words, they accepted her ability to remarry based on the confluence of events. So I will say, first of all, you see from here something very important. We actually mentioned this in yesterday's daf as well, but it's important to circle back on it. So I will say, here's what's interesting. Remember again in yesterday's daf, we made a distinction between Mayim Sheyesh Lahem Sof, Mayim She'in Lahem Sof. Right? Mayim Sheyesh Lahem Sof, water with defined, <coughs> excuse me, and visible banks. So the halacha is a woman is permitted to remarry if we don't see the halacha, even, even, even without finding a body. Because we know again that halacha lamay so what? If the husband were to come to shore, then what? Then what? We would have seen it. Versus mayim she'in lahem sof, water without visible defined boundaries. The wife remains asura without a body. Without a body, right? What's the reason? Because ultimately we're concerned that maybe he came up somewhere else, but we just didn't see him. The Gemara says something very interesting. You see from here, that which we said, Chazal said, the wife is Asura. That's only true. But I will say, if she were to marry in that situation, I will say, very interesting halacha. In the case of really, Chazal said, she should not remarry until they have definitive proof that he's dead. But if she did marry, if she did marry, we would not make her leave her second husband. I will say, and that seems to be proven from this story over here, where this woman got remarried, and apparently this guy Chasa was lost in Mayim She'en Lahem Sof. Incredible. Ika Da'ami, Ansiba Rav Nachman Ledvisu. Others, it was an alternate version of this story, is that Rav Nachman allowed Chasa's wife to get remarried. Why? Amr Chasa Gavra Rabba Isay. Right? In Isa the Salik Kala Isle, Kala Isle the Milsa. Because we're not going to say like this. Us, Chasa, was a famous guy. If he would have come out, if he would have come out of the water, people would have been speaking about it. The fact that no one's speaking about it indicates to us what? That he's dead. To which the Gemara says, we spoke about this yesterday, but we'll say, The Gemara rejects this distinction. Loshna Gavra Rabba, Loshna Gavra Rabba, sorry, Loshna Lav Gavra Rabba, the Evedin Lechat Chilalo. We're both say, Halacha Lemaisa, we reject this idea about if a person is famous, a person is not famous, we reject that. I will say the halacha is, and this is kind of the, clo- the closure of this sugya, mayim she'en lahem sof, 
the wife remains prohibited to remarry until they find the body. Until they find the body. Mayim shiyesh lahem sof. Ultimately, again, even without a body, the woman could go ahead and remarry. But even mayim she'en lahem sof, Rabbi what's the halacha? If the woman, so the she shouldn't remarry. But by the evidence, if she did remarry, we would not make her leave husband number two. Incredible. Sigmar goes right there. Hahu ovid kocham da havika amar leili Yisrael. Katol aspasta v'shadi lechivai v'shabsa. V'ilo katlina l'chokid de katlina l'ploni bar Yisrael. The army lay. What's the case? There was an Akum, a non-Jew came over to a Jew on Shabbos. And he said, here's the deal. Cut down grain for my animal right now. I'll feed my animal. And if you don't do it, I'm going to kill you like I killed your friend Ruvain. Like I killed your friend Ruvain because I asked Ruvain to make me food on, cook me food on Shabbos. And Ruvain didn't do so. So I will say, so, an inter- so, so what, what's going on over here? Why, why is this very important for us? Because I will say, what do we want to figure out? If based on what the Akum just said, that we could what? Say that Reuven is dead. Right? The Akum, the Akum is threatening a Jew now. Cut down grain for me, right? Because you're not allowed to cut down grain on Shabbos. So you can't, pick, you can't pick anything attached to the ground on Shabbos. So go ahead, cut down my grain. If you don't do it, I'm going to kill you like I killed Reuven. Because I told Reuven. Cook me an omelet, make me an omelet on Shabbos. He didn't do it, and so I killed him. So I'll say, so is this enough aidos to say that Ruvain is dead? And the case came before Abaye, right? So I'm sorry. Shama devisu, shama devisu. So Ruvain's wife heard about this. And she came before Abaye. Rebbe, am I allowed to remarry based on this testimony? To which the Gemara says, Shahisa, top of Kufchav Beis, so I will say, so this is fascinating, absolutely fascinating. So Abaye did not immediately answer her. Instead, literally, I will say, Abaye waited. The, the Lushan over here is Tlasa Rigli, which literally means like three regalim. What does this mean? I will say, this is an incredible Rashi. Take a look at top Rashi. Tlasa Rigli. So Pashup Shat Rashi says is, Abaye waited until until one of the regalim. He says over oh, here Pesach, Pesach, Pesach. Everyone used to get together for the achal. We'll say this is post Pesach Mikdash. So, but still on the regalim, the Tamidi Chachamim used to get together to learn. He used to get together to learn. So I will say, so Abaye said, you know what? Let me wait till Pesach. I'll ask the Shaila to the Chevron Pesach, and we'll go over it. I will say, watch this. That's the Pasha Pshat and Rashi. So Regal means Pesach. Tshuva Zagonim Atsasi. Kal Hanach Rigli Da Amorai Hanyu Yom Shemes Bo Adam Gadol Kovim Osa Lichvodo Umide Shana B'Shana Kishamagia Osa Yom Miskapsim Tamidi Chachamim Mikol Sevivav Ubaim Al Kivro Im Shara Amla Hoshiv Yeshiva Sham They both say, watch this. Rashi calls the Tshuva Zagonim. And the Gutshuva Sagonim says, what's Tlasa Rigli? It's a yard site. It's a yard site. Whenever there was a yard site of a great Hamid Chacham, what would happen? His colleagues, Hamid Chachamim, would gather at his kever. And they would set up the yeshiva that day, would learn at the kever. And the Am, the regular populace, would kind of say an incredible idea. So here you see, by the way, here you see a raya, to the notion of marking a yard site in a significant way. And interestingly enough, marking the yard site, interestingly enough, where? Right? At the kever. 
at the Kevra. There's a lot of halachic, a lot of halachic response about this as well. He'll say, but in any event, so Abayi says, let me get the Kevra together, whether it's Pesach, whether it's the yard site. Now, again, according to this approach, we don't know whose yard site it was, but it was someone's yard site, and therefore all the time we're going to be together. Both say, top of Kuf Chaf Beis, second line. I'm going to read about Ava. Go to Rav Yosef. Ask Rav Yosef the Shaila, because Rav Yosef is as sharp as a knife. So Azla Kame. So right, Sabai comes to Rav Yosef. So new, what, what do we say in this case? Is the Ovid Kochavim statement that he killed Ruvain enough of an aidus to allow Rachel Ruvain's wife to remarry? So Rav, Yosef, so Rav Yosef says like this: Pashat Mihamas Nisin. You can learn it out from the following, from the following Mishnah. Well, let's listen to this. Listen to this. You have a Gentile selling, selling fruit in the marketplace. I have the best Arla fruit. Now, both say, understand, right? You say, oh, wow, Arla fruit? Yeah, it sounds great. There's only one problem, which is, it's Aser, right? You're not allowed to eat Arla fruit. Arla fruit is of the first, is of the first three years, right? Or, right, or, so ultimately, again, Rashi has two different versions. Azika over here could mean like fruit from a, from a city, from a particular city that was known to have good fruit. Or ultimately, again, there's a second version of Rashi in, in, a, in Rashi, Lo Omar Klom, where ultimately Rashi's Azika means he's selling fruits of, he's claiming, he's in Chutz Laaretz, and he's claiming that he's selling fruits of Eretz Yisrael in Chutz Laaretz. Then I will say, that sounds all fine and dandy. There's only one problem. When you have fruits of chutzla aretz, what's, oh, sorry, when you have fruits of aretz, so what's the halacha? Trumas and maestros. So I will say, so essentially, essentially, let's go like this. He's claiming, I'm selling, great news, guys, Jews, I'm selling arla fruit, or I'm selling fruit from Eretz Yisrael in chutzla aretz, which you have to assume is what? Or are what? Untithed. Untithed. That's right. Or, or their fourth year produce. Fourth year produce. Fourth year produce has to be eaten in Yerushalayim like Maisa Shani. So I will say, so here's the Shaila. I just want to buy some fruit, right? The Akum is claiming all of these things. It's Arla fruit. It's Eretz Yisrael fruit. It's not the Revai fruit. Rav Yosef says, Lo, lo Amar Klum. You don't have to listen to his words at all. Why? Because I will say, why is he throwing around these terms? Like Arla, Azeka, right? Not the Why is he throwing it around? Because it sounds from. And everyone knows Jews like to buy stuff that sounds from. Right? It's like the package of candy with the 17 hashkachas. I only needed one. I only needed one. But Lamaise against so the mission says like this. The Mishnah says that halacha lamaisa, you don't have to listen to the guy. Because often what the guy will do is say whatever he has to say to make the sale. So to says, based on this, going back to our previous case, when the Akum comes over to the Jew, we'll call him Shimon and says, Shimon, cut down the grain right now on Shabbos or I'm going to kill you like I killed Ruvain who didn't make me my omelet last Shabbos. Rav Yosef says, we don't, we don't take that into account. We assume it's a bluff, right? We assume he's not telling the truth. He's just trying to go ahead and frighten Shimon to do what he wants Shimon to do. Incredible. There was a story of Yisrael and Akum who were walking together on the road. We'll call it this. Akum and Ruvain were traveling. And what happens? The Akum comes back. 
And the Yaakov says, oh, poor Ruvain, poor Ruvain. He died and I buried him on the road. And I will say, based on this, based on this, we allowed Ruvain's wife to get remarried. Again, I will say, why? Because what is this a case of? This is Masiach Lefitumo, where the Akum is offering information of his own volition, right? In other words, we're not asking him, we're not prompting him. He's just simply giving, he's giving his own information. There was a group of people who were walking to Antochia. And once again, Anakum came along and said, Whoa, so sad. That group of people traveling to Antochia, they all died. They all died, and I buried them. They say, Once again, we accepted the Eidos of the Akum and ultimately again allowed their wives to remarry. There was a group of people. Who ultimately again were traveling to right to the city of Beitar. Now, both say Karkum Beitar means to the siege of Beitar. Rashi says Kishaba Beitar bematzar. They both say when was Beitar in a state of siege? Remember again, this is about Kochva rebellion, right? This is this is the fall. This is the, this was the last stand of the Jews against the Romans. So there was a group of Jews for some reason traveling toward the siege of Beitar. And then Andrew came along and said, Oh, so tragic, that group of 60 Jews who were traveling towards the siege of Beitar, and ultimately they died. They died, and we and I buried I buried them, and ultimately, based on this, we allowed their wives to remarry. So say, you see this halacha again that allowing we even accept the testimony of a non-Jew when it is Masiach Lafitumo, when he gives it of his own volition. Rabbi say, obviously, just to be very clear, this type of Eidos is far from ideal. Rabbi say the problem we're contending with is what the alternative is. The alternative is Aguna. So again, when faced with compromised Eidos or Aguna, Ultimately, I will say, assuming that we're operating how? That we're shifting the onus of this testimony to who? Remember, it's upon the woman now to make sure that if she's going to remarry, she's remarrying with good intel. That, that's, that's what we have, that's what we're assuming is going to happen over here. Says the Mishnah, so some other interesting, interesting discussions. So I will say, when identifying a body, when identifying a body, you could identify the body by candlelight, or by moonlight, you could allow a woman to remarry based on a baskal. Now we're going to have to see exactly what that means. Rashi says over here, doesn't mean a baskal like the Imam said, like a typical baskal that we have as a voice from the heavens. Rather, Rashi says, Shamu so ekes ploni meis velo ra'u adam bitzamo. So I will say, ultimately, again, baskal in this context means we hear a voice but we don't get to identify the source of that voice. See, here's someone crying out, Reuven is dead, Reuven is dead, but I don't get to identify exactly who that is. You can allow him to remarry based on that voice. Well, again, we'll see in the Gemara. So I will say one time there was a guy standing on a mountaintop, and he said, Reuven, the son of Yaakov, from the city of Hebron, ultimately again died. So they went to find the person on top of the mountain. They couldn't find the person on top of the mountain. But based on the testimony, they allowed the wife to remarry. There was another story in the city of Tzalmon, where a man said, a person said, So we'll say an interesting case over here. So in Tzalmon, the guy says, I, Reuven, the son of Yaakov, 
Nashchani Nachash, I was bitten by a snake. Vahare Ani Mace, and I'm going to die as a result of the snake bite. Vahalchu Velo Kiru. So here's what's happened. They, they heard him say this, but then they went, they saw a body, they went to identify the body. Velo Kiru, but apparently because of Rashi, because of the snake bite, because of the snake bite, Ultimately, again, they couldn't recognize the body. I don't know, I guess maybe a snake bite causes swelling or bruising or something, but they couldn't identify the body anymore. But they nevertheless allowed his wife to remarry. And I will say, based on what? Based on the idea that there was a guy who gave Eidos in the same area, saying that he suffered a snake bite, they allowed him to go, they allowed his wife to go out and get remarried. I will say, first white line, Kufchaf Bezumadalaf, Amra Bashmuel, Tana Beshamai Omrim, Ein Masinapi Baskal. I will say, Bishamai says, you don't allow a woman to get remarried based on a baskal. If you just hear someone saying something, but you can't identify who the person is, can't allow a woman to remarry based on that. Bishamai says, yes, you can. I will say, I don't understand. Okay, we have a Mishnah, right? It's a Stam Mishnah. Stam Mishnah, you write Mishnah without attribution. We will say that reflects the view of Bishamai. So what are you coming to teach me? that if you happen to find another Stam Mishnah that says that you cannot rely on a Baskal, just know, number one, that it's Bishamai, and know, number two, that we don't pass in that way. So it says, the Gemara Vahalchu Matsu. So I will say, the now Mishnah tells a story. So one time it happened that people heard a voice coming from the top of the mountain saying, Ruvain, the son of Yaakov from the city of Hebron, is, died. They went and they did not find a person. I says, maybe it wasn't a human being, right? Maybe it was a person. Maybe it was a person. I'm sorry, maybe it was a shade, right? Maybe it was a shade. No, no, they saw, they saw the image of a person, but by the time they get to, they just couldn't ascertain who it was. So one second, shade him could also assume the form of people, to which the Gemara says, the chazule bavua. No, no, because they saw that the person cast a shadow. I ve'inhu nami isle bavua, shade him also have a shadow. The chazule bavua de bavua. So I will say, again, they saw the shadow of a shadow. I will say, that again, depending on how the sun is situated, sometimes your shadow casts a shadow as well. So v'dilma, l'dido isle bavua de bavua, I maybe the shade also has a shadow of a shadow. So I'll say, who is this guy, Yonasan Shida? So Rashi says two possibilities. Yonasan Shida could either be a shade, right? Yonasan, Yonasan the shade, right? He's a Hamisha shade, right? So I'll say, so ultimately again, see, either it's Yonasan the shade or it's a guy, Yonasan, who was an expert in shading. Okay, either way, Yonas and Shida told me, Bavua Isle, everyone knows, Shadim have a shadow, Bavua de Bavua Lesle, but they don't have a shadow of a shadow. So I will say, in that respect, here's what we know. We know, hey, guys, don't joke around about this stuff. They're over there in the back, right? No, no joking around about Shadim. You don't want to mess with this. Right? So I'll say, so, so the Gemara says as follows. So the Gemara says, so the point there, I will say, so what do you see over here? What do you see over here? You see over here that they knew for sure it was a person. You know, for sure it was a person. They didn't know who the person was. So as long as you know it's a human being, it's not a shade, we could rely on the baskal. To which the Gimars of Edilma Starahavi, so this is great about saying. So there are no lengths that a co-wife will not go to in order to go ahead and make the life of her fellow co-wife miserable. Maybe it was the Tsara. Maybe the Tsara got up there on the mountaintop, yelled out to Ruven, Ruven, the son of Yaakov from Hebron died, and she did this in order that her co-wife 
should think that she's free to get remarried. She'll get remarried, finally be out of the picture. Reuven's going to come home the next day after work. Hey, so, so maybe that's what happened over here. To which the Gemara says, this is actually quite fascinating. The Gemara says, now, we'll say, it seems to be at first an unrelated fact, but look what the Gemara says. In a time of danger, we write and deliver a get even though we don't recognize the husband. And I will say, now, what, what, look at Rashi, what does this mean? Right, right, almost right across in Rashi. If you have a person, if you have a situation where a person is in the throes of death, so we'll listen to this. In the situation where we had a husband thrown into a pit and he's going to die, and he calls out from the bottom of the pit, I am Reuben, the son of Yaakov, from the city of Hebron. Write for my wife a get, here's her name, and give her the get. We listen. We listen. Even though this is far from ideal, because at the end of the day, normally we need to see the husband, have the husband present, but because again, there's a concern about Sakana, he's going to die and his wife is going to be in Aguna, we write the get. Rashi says, So I will say, this case is also considered to be like, an, like a sakana. And I will say, the Gemara is not suggesting that the case over here had some extenuating circumstances, but the case itself is an extenuating circumstance. Why? Because in any of these cases where the husband is dead and we don't have a body, we don't have a body, the ability to prove his death and allow his wife to remarry is going to be very difficult. So in this case, I will say, we see the theme. The theme is we accept all kinds of compromised edos in order to prevent his wife from becoming an agona. Just like the case of Sakona, where we allow the get to be written even under less than optimal circumstances. Mishnah. I will say, listen to this. I'm Rabbi, I'm Rabbi, we, actually, we actually saw this Mishnah before. I'm Rabbi Akiva. One time I went to Narda. To declare a leap year, Matsasi Nehemia Ish Beis Deli. I ran into Nehemia Ish Beis Deli. Amr Ali, Nehemia said to me, Shamati Shei Masin Esa Isha Beretz Yisrael Al Pi Eirechot. I heard Nehemia said Nehemia is in Babel and Arda. I heard, I heard that in Eretz Yisrael they do not allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of one witness, of except Ella Yehuda Ben Bava. Yehuda Ben Bava is the only person who allows a woman to remarry based on the testimony of one witness. So Rabbi Akiva says, yeah, I, I nodded my head, I said to him, yeah, yeah, that's true. In Eretz Yisrael, we do not allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of one witness. So Nehemiah said to me, Amrali, Nehemiah said to me, Amrlahem, Rabbi Akiva, when you go back to Eretz Yisrael, go into the base Medrash, and go in Amar Lahem Mishmi, tell them in my name, Atem Yodim, you all know, Shamadina Mishubeshes Begayasos. That Narda is overrun with, with kayasos, with, with robbers, thieves, marauding bands of troops. It was remembering what we saw before. This is why Nehemiah is explaining that he himself didn't go to Eretz Yisrael to go ahead and give this testimony. It's Rabbi Akiva, go back to Eretz Yisrael, give this over in my name. So Nehemiah says, I've a Kabbalah from Rabbi Gamil the Elder that you are permitted to go ahead and allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of one witness. Rabbi Akiva says, And ultimately, Rabbi Akiva says, when I came back and reported this in front of Rabbi Gamliel, he was so happy to hear this. And finally, in the base message, they always thought Rabbi Huda Ben Baba was a Das Yochid. 
they thought that he was a solitary opinion. Right? And therefore, again, they didn't really pay much attention. Now they hear Rabbi Gamliel Azokin holds this way as well. They were very happy. Betel I will say once they were talking about this, let's remember again, there's Rabbi Gamliel Azokin and his grandson, Rabbi Gamliel. Ultimately, again, so after now, this is the grandson. So, as they were saying this, Rabbi Gamil said, I remember, I remember one time there were Jews killed in Tel Arzah. And Rabbi Gamil allowed their wives to remarry based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. I'm sorry, sorry, let me read that again. So, therefore, again, what happened over here, and this is fascinating. So, you had a situation in history where in Bavel, they were accepting the testimony of an Eid Echad to allow a woman to remarry, and in Eretz Yisrael, not until this fateful encounter between Rabbi Akiva and Nechemia Ish Beis Deli. Rabbi, Nech- Rabbi Akiva comes back, gives over testimony in the name of Rabbi Gamliel, and it appears that now in Eretz Yisrael, they also began to allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. Now, now listen to this. The Gemara says, Aid me p aid. Furthermore, again, I'll say they expounded this that you could even allow a woman to remarry aid me p aid, which means what? So you have a witness who received testimony from another witness, right? Didn't even see the event himself. It's coming up. You can allow a woman to remarry that me p eved, or based on the testimony of an eved me p isha. I'll say eved means eved kenani in this context. Me p isha from a, from a woman. Me p shivcha a maid servant. Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua, Omrim, Ein Masina Seisha P.A. Dechad. So let's listen to this. Apparently there were still some holdout, holdouts. Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, you can't allow a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. Rabbi Kiva Omer, Loa P. Isha, Loa P. Eved, Loa P. Shivcha, Loa P. Krovim. Rabbi Akiva says, I'll accept an Eid Echad, but not every Eid Echad. Not every Eid Echad. You can't allow testimony of a woman, can't allow testimony of an Eved, a shivcha or relatives. Okay, so let's analyze. We'll say skimara. Sav Rabbi Akiva api ishalo. Is that Rabbi Akiva says that a woman can't testify about the death of a man to allow his wife to remarry? Vatanya Rabbi Shimon Allah Sa'om Mishnah Rabbi Akiva ishan ne'emenes lahavigita mikavachomer. Rabbi say, listen to this. A woman is believed to bring her own get from overseas to the Beisdin and to say, to go ahead and to testify about the lishma nature of the get. What's the kavachomer? If the women who are not believed to say the husband died, right? Are still believed to go ahead and bring their get. But remember again, a woman herself is believed to show up in Beisdin, right? I should say, a woman herself is believed to show up in Beisdin to say, my husband died, right? If she's believed to say, my husband died and allow herself to remarry, she's certainly believed to what? Be the, bring her get to Beisdin and ascertain, or I should say, to, to testify to the lishma nature of her get, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, take a look at Rashi, Nashim Sha'amru Chamesh Nashim. No, no, no. When we say that women are not believed, I will say that goes back to the Mishnah that spoke about the five women who are not believed to testify on Rachel's behalf or to testify that Ruvain died to allow Rachel to remarry. Why? Because those five women, what? Hate Rachel, right? Those are the five contentious relationships. However, However, Sigmar says, um, I'm sorry, Nashabucham Hudlo Mehemni, Isha Baama Mehemna, Solo Kasha, 
Kan kodim sheikh ziku, kan la'akar sheikh ziku. Remember again, there's two iterations of this halacha. There's before, there's before Rabbi Akiva comes back with the testimony of Rabbi Gamliel, and there's after Rabbi Akiva comes back. Before Rabbi Akiva came back, Rabbi Akiva and the rest of the Rabbanim of Eretz Yisrael, with the exception of Yehuda ben Bava, no one allowed a woman to remarry based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. After Rabbi Akiva comes back and gives over the testimony from Nehemia in the name of Rabbi Gamliel Azokin, then what? Everyone believed a woman, right? To go ahead and give testimony that a man died and allowed the man's wife to remarry. Incredible. Mishnah. Amrulo. So let's listen to this. Listen to this story. It was a story. B'nei Levi, right? B'nei Levi, who went to Tzohar, Irak Tzohar, they went to Tzohar, the city of date palms. So we'll say there was a group of guys, a group of guys who went to Tzohar. One of the Chevra became sick. So we'll call him Reuven. Reuven got sick. So what do they do? They checked Reuven into to an inn, and they said, Reuven, you know what? Stay here. We're going to continue on. We'll pick you up on the way back. And what happened? Right? They come back on the way back. They say to the innkeeper, where is our friend? So she, she says to them, unfortunately, he passed away and I buried him. And I buried him. Ultimately, again, and they allowed his wife to remarry. In other words, Bezin allowed his wife to remarry based on this episode. I says the Gemara, so I will say, if we're going to go ahead and trust a pundakis. Now, what's wrong with a pundakis? An innkeeper will discuss. But if you're going to trust a pundakis, that means any Jewish woman ultimately, again, should be believed to give testimony. To which the Gemara says, When Jewish women are like this pundakis, then they'll be believed. They will say, we'll see in the Gemara exactly what's going on over here. So, so why? What happened to Pudakis? Hapundakis Utsolahem, Maklo, Tarmilo, Vesefertar, Shaya Biado. They will say, they weren't just relying on the, they weren't just relying on the word of the Pundakis. They will say, what happened? So when they come back and they say, where is our friend? What does the Pundakis do? She brings out, right? Maklo, his staff, Tarmilo, his cloak, and a Sefer Torah. Right, he was trying to say for Torah. So what she did is she brought out the things that his personal, his what do they call it? Personal effects. Right, they brought out his personal effects. That was obviously a simis. So this is not a case where they were just relying on her testimony. Right, she proved her point by going ahead and what bringing out his personal effects. Well, say I'll just tell you something amazing. How beautiful is this? Look, what, what were his personal effects? His cloak, his staff, and his sefer Torah. Right, I will say teaching us what. No matter where you travel in life, the one thing that has to always go with you is your Torah. Is your Torah. You're traveling to an inn, you're traveling to Tsar, Irat, Tmarim. And I will say, by the way, isn't this, this the, isn't this the beauty of the daf? Isn't this the beauty of the daf? No matter where you go, I will say, sometimes it's the overwhelming nature of the daf, right? That you know that no matter what is happening in life, there is a blot gemara that is waiting, that has your name on it. And by the way, it's not going away, right? You could sleep in, you could sleep late, you could get busy, you could do this. That daf is there. That daf is there, and she's calling out to you, right? Learn me, learn me, learn me, learn me, right? It's not going away. 
Let's say Torah has to go with us wherever we go. And the it's one of the incredible things. Even you travel to another city, right? Assuming that there's an infrastructure, what are you almost always going to find? A dafyomi shir, right? And we'll say Torah has to go with us wherever we go. You know, we spoke about smichas chaver about going to a place, vacationing in a place where there's not a minion. Okay, so that maybe that's a machlokas. One thing is you can never vacation a place where there's no Torah. It doesn't have to mean that there's a shear there, but your Torah has to go with you wherever you go in this world. Such an incredible yesod. Amid Beis. Hase Amid Beis, Kuf Chof Beis, Amid Beis, Meseches Yevamas. Overwhelming. Overwhelming. What a beautiful. So my guru said the Pundakis. I will say, so the Mishnah makes it sound like, makes it sound like that, the Pundakis, right? The Gemara says, the Mishnah is like, if you could believe the Pundakis, right, you could believe any Jewish woman. What's so bad about the Pundakis? So I'm Rav Kahana, Pundakis Ovedes Kochavim Haisa. Oh, okay. It was a non-Jewish Pundakis. But say this wasn't a Jewish woman, right? This was, this was a, not, this was a Gentile. Now, say we've already established, Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, both say, when is a guy believed, right? When is an Akum believed? When? Masiach Lefituma Haisa. Now again, I will say, a guy is believed when a guy offers up information of his or her own, own volition. So in this case over here, I will say, what happens? The, the Pundakis sees the Chevra walking back. What happens? And she says, Zemaklo, So I will say, in this version, she comes out and she says, this is his staff, this is his, this is his cloak, and this is the, this is the, this is the, um, the kever, the grave I buried him in. She wasn't kochavim. And ultimately, again, she was just talking of her own volition. And she said, and I will say, by the way, so again, so therefore I will say, look, so let's stop here for just a moment. So remember again, there's a couple of interesting things about this story. So remember again, when we first read this story, so we think that what's the point of the story? I will say, what's the point of the story? What's the point? Besides being a great story, right? What's a good story? That you could believe a woman. And I will say, when reading the story, we're assuming, don't clip that, right? Don't clip that. I, I don't want to see that out anywhere, right? And I will say, so, so again, it's going to become a meme, right? The entire this, right? So I'll say, so again, remember, just follow the flow of the Mishnayis, right? Follow the flow of the Mishnayis, right? So I will say, what did we establish in the last Mishnah? In the last Mishnah, we had an incredible halachic pivot, which is, in Eretz so they were not believing the testimony of a woman to allow Rachel, the wife of Ruvain, to remarry. Then Rabbi Akiva comes back from Narda, gives over the testimony of Rabbi Gamliel Azakin in the name of Nehemiah Ish Beis Deli, and suddenly, suddenly, something new occurred. Now, Halachalamais again, we're allowing, if a woman shows up in Basin and says that Ruvain died, we're believing her. So we'll say, when you read this Mishnah, it sounds like the Mishnah is bringing a Maisa Shahaya to go ahead and what? To back up the ruling of the previous Mishnah, that the Pundakis comes out and says, Ah, your friend Ruvain, who you left there, he was sick. Nevach, he died. He died. So we'll say, but then the problem just is, the Mishnah makes it sound like, Oh, if you could believe a Pundakis, you could believe anyone. I don't understand. A Jewish woman is a Jewish woman is a Jewish woman. Right? What does it matter if she's a Pundakis, she's a Kohana, she's a Levia? What, is, what does it make a difference? Right? So now they go, No. That's the case. So I will say, This is not a case of a Jewish woman. This is a case of an akum. Yes, we've established in the previous Mishnah that you could believe a Jewish woman when she gives testimony. That we've established. Now, both say, this is going back now to the ability of an akum to give edos. The akum is giving edos of your both say, and the pundakis is coming out 
she is Masiach Lefituma. She's giving information of her own volition. And she's saying, Ruvain died. They will say, by the way, I'll point out over here, if you notice in this version, what's, mis- what's missing from her Eidos? Sefer Torah. Because they will say, the reality is that although everyone is supposed to take their Torah wherever they go, not everyone takes their Torah wherever they go. An incredible Yisrael will say, what kind of person do I want to be? Do I want to be the kind of person that no matter where I go, my Gemara is always tucked under my arm? No matter where I go, my Sefer Torah is always with me? Or am I the kind of person, when people describe me, I always bring my cloak, right? I always bring, I always bring my staff. By the way, I will say, there's an alternate version of this Gemara where she comes out and she says, she comes out and she brings the guys, right? It's Maklo, Tarmilo, and Kiso, his wallet, his wallet. Both saying, so am I the kind of guy who always takes my cloak, my wallet, my staff, but I don't bring my Torah? Or no, I bring all of those things and I never, I never leave. I never leave without my Gemara. I never leave without my Torah. Both say, that's the choice we have to make in life about the kind of people we truly want to be. So both say, so says the Gemara, but one second, this isn't Masiach Lefitumo. After all, again, to which the Gemara says, Vaha aye chavarinu ka'amarla. They both say, this isn't Masiach Lefitumo. Why? What are they saying to her? They're asking her, where's Ruvain? So I will say, this isn't offering information of her own volition. She's being asked the question. Okay, so I will say, listen to this. No, no, what was the story? When she saw the Hevra approaching, she started crying. They said to her, what's wrong? Why are you crying? Where's Ruvain? So will say, it's interesting. So they see, in the story, they see her tears. The fact that she has this emotional response, seeing the Hevra coming as Masiach Lefituma. That was the Eidos itself, ultimately, again, that he was dead. Pretty incredible. Rebbe says, listen to this. There was an interesting story here. There was a guy who came to testify, Al Ha'isha. Now, Rebbe says, when it says Al Ha'isha, what he's coming to testify, this is a Jew who's coming to testify about Rachel, namely that what? That Ruvain died. That Ruvain died. So a Jew, a Jew is showing up, amazed in Ruvain died. So what happened? Amrlo, Amrlo, so Rabbi says, Timbini, Heich Ishazu, my son, how do you know that Ruvain is dead? How do you know about, how do you know about Rachel's husband? Amar, Anivahu, I'll say first white line, Anivahu, Hainu Holchi Baderech. We were walking together on the road. And what happened? Veradav Acharenu Gaius. And I will say, we were chased, we were chased by a group of robbers. I'll say, this is incredible. Benitla, so we'll say, what happened? And this guy, so remember again, we'll call him, we'll call him, well, actually, let, let, let me change this around a little bit. Ruvain shows up in Bezdin. Ruvain shows up in Bezdin. He's the aide, just to keep this easier, because we're going to see this guy's going to have a name. Right? Ruvain shows up in Bezdin. Ruvain shows up in Bezdin. And what happens? He says, Rachel, Rachel, the wife of Ploni, is permitted to get remarried because I saw her husband die. Rabbi Tarpon says, tell me the story. Tell me the story. So Ruvain says, I was traveling with this guy, with this guy, and we were attacked. And this guy, we'll name him in just a moment, this guy, he broke off a branch of an olive tree and he fought off an entire group of robbers with the branch of the olive tree. I might say, by the way, by the way, that's, that's a Jew, right? That's a Jew. Right? I will say, Jews, Jews have to learn to defend themselves as well. 
right? And, and Jew, Jews have to be able to fight back as well. It's an incredible, sometimes in the gullus mentality of things, that we think that, that our role is always the victim. Our role is not always the victim, right? The strong Jew, the valiant Jew, the world doesn't like the strong Jew or the valiant Jew, but Lamai said, that's what the Jew needs to be. So Reuben says, this guy tore off a branch of an olive tree, and he fought back this whole group. Amartilo, Aryeh, Yashakochacha. I said to the guy, Aryeh. Now I will say, Reuben says, I call the guy Aryeh. Why? Why? Because Lamai said, I was just, I, what does Aryeh mean? Lion. Lion. I said, lion. Shkoyach. Shkoyach. Amarli. Minayin atteodesh Aryeh shmi. How did you know? My name is Aryeh. My name is Aryeh. Kach korit osi be'iri. This is what they call me in my city. Yochanan be'rebi Yonasan. Aryeh de'mechfar shichyeh. They call me in my city. Yochanan, the son of Rabbi Yonah's son, the lion of the village of Shechyeh. Okay, that was his name. The Yamim Chala Umei. So now Ruben says, I'm traveling with this guy. We'll call him Aryeh. Right? I'm, I mean, that was more his descriptive name. I'll just point out something fascinating. We don't have time to get into it now, but I'll just point out to you something really interesting, which is that there's an interesting machlokis in halacha about whether or not it's appropriate to give multiple names. You're naming a child. Should a child only be given one name or multiple names? I'll point out to her something very interesting, that some use this Gemara as a raya, that one could even give a child multiple names, even naming after multiple people. Because say this is an interesting case where you have this guy having multiple names, Yochanan, and also given the additional name, more descriptive name of Arya as well. All right, in any event, so what happens? So the Yom Chala, now Ruben says, I stayed with Arya a little bit longer. Arya got sick. Arya got sick. And ultimately, again, he died. He died. The Hesi Rabbi Tarfon es Ishto. And ultimately, again, Rabbi Tarfon ultimately, again, allowed his wife to remarry. So the Gemara said, well, Rabbi Tarfon lo bai Jusha Did Rabbi Tarfon not require Jusha Vechakira? We'll say some type of, some type of cross-examination. Vatanya, maisa ba'adim she'balifnei Rabbi Tarfon, lahoi edosisha. One time, a guy came up for Rabbi Tarfon, ultimately, again, to go out and give edos. To go ahead and give Eidos Isha, Amrlo Bni, Eich Atayodea Eidos Zu. So Rabbi Tarfon said, My son, how do you how do you know this Eidos? How do you know this Eidos? Amrlo Ani Vuhu Hayuholchen Baderach. So Rabbi Tarfon says, One time I was walking with this guy, right? In other words, so so this guy shows up, testify that Reuven is dead. So Rabbi Tarfon says, No, how do how do you know the Eidos? So the guy says, I was walking with this guy, Verada Hareno Gaius. We were chased by a group of thieves. He ripped off a, 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 a fig branch. He ripped off a fig branch, right? And ultimately, again, he went ahead and he chased the group away. He chased the robbers away. I said to him, That's my name. So the Yom Chala, the guy got sick, this guy Arya got sick, Umeis, and he died. Amar lo, lo kach amarti li Yochanan, ben Yonasan, the mechfar shechya Arya. So Rabbi Tarfon says back to the guy, to the aide, I just want to go over the aide. So you told me his name was Yochanan ben Yonasan of Kfar Shechya, right? Arya. So Rabbi said, what did he do? He reversed the Arya with the name of the city. He was trying to mix him up. Amar le lo, el kach amarti lecha, Yochanan ben Yonasan Arya, the mechfar shechya. The diktek alav shnaim ushlosha pamim, the Kivenes Dvarov, so Rabbi Tarpon went back and forth him a couple of times until finally he was able to ascertain what he indeed said. 
Behisid Rabbi Tarfon es Ishto. And based on this, Rabbi Tarfon ultimately again allowed his wife to remarry. So I will say, you see from here that there's an interesting machlokes. Do you require, do you require some type of Jusha Bechakir cross-examination of the witnesses when giving it? So we'll say we're going to stop over here for today. We're going to, Mir Hashem, finish this final piece of the Gemara tonight at the Siyum. Mir Hashem, Tova, Omazach. So we'll say, bring your Gemaras to the Siyum, because as we just learned, a Yid never goes anywhere without his Gemara, even to the Siyum. So we'll say, again, so we'll make our Mazel Tovs tonight. We'll say, we haven't finished yet, but what an awesome and overwhelming accomplishment. Tomorrow morning, tomorrow morning, Ksuvis, Daf, Beis, Abadav, we'll say, looking forward to celebrating tonight with everyone at the Siyum. Bishat Tova, Umetzlachas. Shkoyach.